You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you along for a uh, quite the jam-packed week here on the pod. Everything from uh, the, the, the Dave Griffith streak in Jacksonville continues to... Uh, I can't believe they still let you go when they know... You're going to lose. The, the Colts themselves should try to put the kibosh on it. Ursay mean, should send you to Vegas for the week. I, I would love that. Uh, if he could send me and my family to somewhere, that'd be that'd be awesome. So uh, if he does that, I will not be in Jacksonville next year. But but until that is the case, uh, I, it's pro- I probably will be. But but even more more so than just a loss, uh, it piles on for fans this week as uh, probably the most underrated player, at least nationally speaking, on the defensive side of the ball is, uh, is out for the next six games. And Anthony Richardson on the offensive side of the ball is done for the rest of the year. Chapa, uh, news coming out this week that uh, the AC sprain will warrant surgery for the Colts rookie quarterback. His year is done. After an offseason of the brass at Colts headquarters stressing the importance of reps, reps, reps for their rookie quarterback, this is this is certainly a big blow to their plans for Anthony Richardson and his development for this year, regardless of what he showed in the first six weeks of this for first six weeks of the season. And he showed a lot. Exactly. He, he gives you all Undeniably. the all the reason that you had hope. He showed you it's 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 legit. But it's four games and 173 snaps. You know, yeah, he got he got to work in OTAs and training camp, but it's it's game game reps you need. You see things that you haven't seen, and there's still things out there that he hasn't seen. So it, it's a huge it's a huge blow. We, we knew this was coming. It was only a matter of when. There was no there was no rush. I think the announcement came a week, eight days, nine days after, right. ten, ten days after the injury. So. They explored all the options, and it, it came down to what what is the best long term remedy. It was not let's wait six weeks and see if he can play, and then if not surgery, th- then you're cutting into his rehab time. The, the time they wait is not going to hurt. So they uh, and they did they did rely on history of how the Andrew Luck thing went down. It was a torn labrum against Tennessee in week four and. Didn't have surgery, played through it, and then it was just a mess. So this and and that, that was really that wasn't the team as much as it was Andrew wanting to play, and it, it was good for the short term, bad for the long term. So they're looking out for their future, and a lot of us thought 2023 was all about the experience anyway, mm-hmm. and the reps. And if you got a lot of wins, fine, or some wins, fine. So, but but at least the, the the enthusiasm and the hope should be there because you've seen enough to know that this guy can be your quarterback if he can stay healthy. Yeah, Matt, I think I think the the what the takeaway from Anthony Richardson's first year you you've got to be disappointed as a Colts fan, as a member of the Colts front office, as a player there in the locker room that it happened the way that it did. But as Mike alluded to, in his time on the field, Richardson showed showed why the Colts took him fourth overall. It wasn't a completely empty bag. There are other rookie quarterbacks like Bryce Young. If he got injured at this point in the year... You wouldn't know. The Panthers would not know, but the Colts seem to have more of a reason to know what they have and optimism that development can continue, even though it is, like I said, it has to be a disappointment and a big one for it to go down the way it did. Yeah, 
I'm glad you guys are putting an optimistic spin on it. <laughs> well, and, and, and you need to, because honestly, that was the biggest question mark about Richardson when he, when he came out. Does he have the experience? Can he handle this NFL offense? Is he going to be able to compete at this level? And I, I think even though it's definitely a limited uh, debut that we, we got to see from him, I think he was able to check all those boxes and answer all of those critics. Yes, he can run this offense. Yes, they can still open things up and expand. Yes, you know, he's going to be able to run the ball. He's going to be able to throw the ball. Made some very nice plays that I don't think anybody, not too many players in the league can play, uh, can, can make. But it is disappointing to know that it's just going to be a, kind of a lost season from a development standpoint for the kid. And I know they said they're going to keep him engaged and he's going to learn and he's going to watch film, but there is nothing, nothing that replaces being out there on the field. One of the big questions that really persisted over the last month is will they change his style? Will they cut back on what they do? And the answer to me is no. You, you drafted this kid knowing, knowing this is his game. You had the big strong arm and all that, but but it was it was a threat that he brings. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and, and Jalen Jalen Hurts. You know, I look at these these injuries. The the the, the bruised knee is it's hard. I, I don't remember the play. Uh, but 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 the concussion. That's that's avoidable. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked. Run through the end zone, and you know, then don't snap your head. I look at the injury that put him down. What are you supposed to do? It's it's a designed run. You get to the corner. Now, I guess you can be aware that there will be, will be pursuit, but they just fell on the shoulder wrong. There was a play Monday night where a receiver got tackled on the shoulder, and he popped up because it wasn't like that. You, you 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 try to school him on how on when you can avoid risks. This is who he is, and you it's it's just kind of I guess fluky. But everybody looks back to the Andrew Luck and the injuries. And you say, here we go again. This is who he is. You can minimize risks, but this is who he is. Yeah, uh, it's going to be. Uh, there's going to be that risk with, with a running quarterback. It is with it is with Lamar Jackson. It was with Cam Newton. Um, it, that that's that's the life that. Uh, Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard signed up for when they drafted him fourth overall. You get everything that you get with Richardson. You get um, the the quote from Irsay this week that's been circulating is a really good quote um, at the uh, NFL owners meetings in New York uh, saying, uh, comparing, uh, who was it? That, I've seen the future of rock and roll and it's Bruce Springsteen back in the 70s to right. Jim Irsay now saying, I've seen the future of the NFL and it's Anthony Richardson. He needs I, I, he needs to just temper a little. <laughs> a little bit. We're, talk, we're talking four games. Yes. But I know where his enthusiasm is. Right. You, you see why he has that enthusiasm. So, so uh, I, I think, uh, speaking of, of Jim Irsay right now, I, I'm sure that he is exceptionally disappointed, not just to have your quarterback gone, but to only have him and Jonathan Taylor on this field for one snap together just after you sign him to this $42 million deal, after you have seen what you saw from Richardson to give you some optimism in this year, not just in the future, but some optimism now. You get that deal to get Jonathan Taylor in to try to continue working on Richardson's development with your best playmaking player on offense, and now you you saw literally just one snap with them together. That has got to really a grind pitch, his a gears. A pitch to the left for three yards. Yep, that's it. And that, that's the only the only thing we have. And that's you got to figure that's going to be a very important part of the Colts' offense over the next two years, That at least, that uh, Taylor is still under contract and when Richardson comes back and is healthy. So you just got, got so very little of it this year. That is exceptionally frustrating, I'm sure, for, for everyone involved in the front office. And, and it should be. 
Uh, it certainly should be. Gardner Minshew is now the team's uh, starting quarterback. Sam Ellinger is the backup. There should have been like a drum roll right there. I know. <laughs> and uh, Kellen Mond is signed to the practice squad um, to uh, to fill in for that third quarterback role for the foreseeable future. Uh, Chap, we talked a little bit about it uh, last week, of course, but um, at that time it was just in a – uh, in a maybe a limited uh, limited part, but now it's the, for the rest Take of the, the season. Take the maybe out of it. Exactly. So, so the two the two games that Gardner Minshew has has started, he, he has not been productive in the games that he came in off the bench. Very productive because they prepared for the running quarterback. Right. Very efficient, but. Uh, against uh, the Ravens. The only reason the Colts won that game was a, an historic kicking performance from Matt Gay. Literally, no kicker in the NFL history. What do we look up? He's got six 50-yarders. Yes. The league record is 11. 11. Is Last year, the Raiders' Daniel Carlson, Carlson hit 11 50-plus-yard field goals last year. And the year. Colts' record is nine. Yes. And that was uh, last year. Last year. Chase, I think Chase he's going to plenty of opportunities. See, that, that's, that, and that's, that's not a good thing. No. You know, again, we go back to when people were complaining about four years, twenty-two million for the kicker. He may be your MVP this year. Yeah. So, but it's and whatever we say, it it sounds like we're piling on Minshew, but it's not. It's just we're looking at what they're going to be with him and what they could have been with the rookie, and it's just different. He, the thing at Jacksonville, what what it just drove home to me is he can't be the problem. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard enough anyway. Yeah, because you're playing totally different style. You're playing more ball control. You know, shorter passing game. I feel for Michael Pittman. I, I really do. Yep. But but he can't airmail two interceptions that were just awful. Terrible passes. I can't even say they were bad decisions. They were bad passes. Yeah. Now the one to to, to Pittman in the end zone. It was fourth down, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, but he can't. You can't have four turnovers. Can't do it. Can, can they win if he just if he just manages the game? Is that is that the term? I, I guess they've got to run the darn ball. They have to. I thought last week they decided on Saturday night we can't run it. We're not going to try, and they didn't. But two of your best offensive players now are Zach Moss and JT, and it seems like there is going to be times, maybe this week, where even though teams are going to say you're not going to run it, you have to at least try mm-hmm. to a point, I don't know, into the second quarter where, okay, 12 carries haven't given us what we need. Then you get away from it. But you cannot put this offensive load on Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And at some point, you also have to say, well, this is our good, our running game. That That's our good. We know that run defense is your good. Right. Let's put good on good and see what happens. Right. D- it, don't just concede. Right. It, exactly. And I'm sure the Colts will also say, and I think this is doing it uh, a little lip service to say that, well, you know, the screen game or the short passing game. The it, dump off to Moss. Play, play, make that. It's sort of the run game. But there's really no substitute for out physicaling an opponent, out being more physical than the guys across we the line. We were better than you at what we do. And you just – it. It demoralizes the other side, no matter which side it is. If it's the offense grinding the defense into a pulp and getting five, six yards a pop every time. If it's the defense, every other play getting a tackle in the backfield. It's It goes both ways. So you have to line up with your best players, give them the ball in what they do. And for the Colts right now, like you said, that seems to be Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss in some combination. And then after that, 
see if you can do something to stretch the defense. Because actually, the great the great irony in this Jacksonville game was they had four. The Colts had uh, three different play, plays where they had 40-plus yard completions. And two of them were relatively deep shots from Minshew. And then you had the Taylor. The ball, right. And then the Taylor run, exactly. But, but that's the point with Taylor. With the run game, you know, give him his 15 to 18 carries, and maybe 10 of them, you don't get much. Right. But he's going he's gonna to break one because that's who he is. Mm-hmm. And we saw Zach Moss, of course, it was blocked perfect with the, with that 56 yarder. But like you said, th- this is who you are. This is kind of who you want to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Even with Richardson, it's just that he's no longer that that option. But then Taylor is that option. So I, I just think that at some level you cannot rely on. You know, if if Minshew throws 55 passes, you're going to lose. Yeah. If, if any quarterback for the most part throws 55, I've got the stats. Peyton wasn't very good. If you're throwing 55, you're getting beat. Right. So it's lean, do what you do. Hope you can compensate. Grover Stewart, we can't gloss over that. Nope. Got to get into that. He, he was such a force in the run game. He and Buck were, DeForest Buckner are so good. And they're going to, it's going to be by committee. And, you know, and we'll see if an Eric Johnson or, Taven Bryan or somebody, you know, maybe Addie gets in there. I'm not going to screw up his name. Addie Tomiwa. Yeah, Tomiwa at a bar. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's Addie. Uh, but it's going to be by committee. But that that it's not going to be a bigger loss than they are. But it's a big loss. It's a big loss for the defensive side of the ball. So we'll get there next. A six-game suspension for the Colts defensive tackle Grover Stewart. Um, Let's see. Grover, in the last year of his contract, it was a three-year, $30 million deal Correct. or something like that. And uh, he's going to miss out on essentially $3.1 million uh, by getting suspended for these six games. Plus, plus the potential to earn $2 million more on roster bo- or per game bonuses. Right. That as well. So, so yeah, I pile them on. And uh, the two, for the Colts, I haven't heard one real negative thing about Grover everyone is bending over backwards to to say well he's he would never cheat himself he would never cheat the game he doesn't have that type of uh that bone in his body but at the same time like with the the deal with 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 performance enhancing substances it's not like this is all like illegal stuff. This is there's stuff you can buy over the counter. There's stuff that you can buy from GNC, from Vitamin Shop or whatever that has not been properly tested. That does not um, that that can. But there's violate. A, there's a list of all. It's like forty seven yes. or fifty yes. things that's on right the NFLPA website exactly. And like I'm saying. Like I, I was getting to that eventually, but thank you for getting me there because I was stumbling on my way. It was there is a specific list that you cannot put in your body, at least to a certain point. And as a player, it is your responsibility, period, to not put any of those things. There's no, your body. there's no good excuse because no. there's no excuse. No, it is a black and white list. We went through this with Robert Mathis. Yeah, what he took it was something. Was it for fertility? Yeah, yes. it was for for his grandma yeah. to get his, you know. They don't care. Right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you take it for. There are banned substances and there are allowed substances. If you take a banned substance and you get tested, boom. If you have any question, first check the list. Right. And then check with the NFLPA. You know, again, the fact that this doesn't happen a lot means that the vast majority of players know what's going into their body. Right. And if they try a new substance or a, not a new a new product, I should say, they they vet it first. You and better. What, whatever whatever happened, whatever it was, like it was not 
properly vetted by Grover, by a nutritionist, by so, whatever say, I, it I is. would assume that he has, uh, the team I know has nutritionists, but I, I assume a lot of these players do too, kind of have guys Their you own. Know, say, say, you should take this or do this or, or, or what have you. I'm just really surprised when this happens be, uh, for, for that reason. Because there's so many safeguards. Yeah. And, and by, by the league rules, this is, this is a first offense for an anabolic steroid which is often used to mask use of other things, testosterone, whatever. Yeah. So that that's why you can't allow it because these these usually are masking agents. Right. Uh, and he's gone for six games, and so, it's, it's going to be felt. He'll be gone for the rest of October, all of November, and he returns possibly uh, on December 4th after the Colts' second game against Tennessee there, uh, way deeper into the season. So you, you mentioned it, Chap, more playing time for uh, Taven Bryan, more t- playing time for Eric Johnson. We could see Taekwon Lewis and Dio Dangbo slide inside a little bit more too. It kind of might depend on they, matchups. They've got depth. They've got versatile parts. They do. But none of them are, are them that guy. Right. None right. of them are as dominant as, as Grove is. Right. Right. And and I expect that like some of those players are good enough to to win one on one battles on the inside with certain players in the NFL. And DeForest Buckner is now probably gonna get the lion's share, if not all double teams. And I mean he kinda of joked about that today when we're talking to him in the locker room. He's like, Yeah, I get them anyway. Like, right. Do you expect more double teams? He's like, Well, I get quite a few anyway. So uh yeah, there there will still be quite a few uh lined up against the uh, the Colts all pro level uh, interior uh, defensive player there. So it's going to be it's going to be tougher on Buckner. It's going to be tougher on the linebackers behind Zaire them. Franklin on mentioned Zaire. that. Yep, uh, for sure, because Grover eats up two blockers, allows him to move around a little bit freer right behind him and make as, as many tackles as he had this season. Well, we, we saw, I mean, not necessarily an apples-to-apples apples comparison here, but we saw when DeForest Buckner was limited against the Rams, a team that had not run the ball very well. 167 yards. They really struggled in that run game, that mm-hmm. in that run defense that had been very, very good. So now mm-hmm. you take Grover away from mm-hmm. this for six games, right. it's going to take them a while to find some answers if they can even do that. And that was one of the, the – the Colts needed to be good against the run. They still need to be good against the run because that secondary is still young. Like, I think – I like the way Juju Brents has played – he had seven tackles last week, two passes defended, one interception, his first interception as a pro. He had a pretty good game. He got popped in the face, man, really, really hard. In the locker room afterward, you could see that it was still bothering him, and it was like his face was all cut up. So he played a tough game. But but like all that to say, the the back end is the weaker link of didn't this two, team. Didn't they have two more assignment busts to lead to touchdowns? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. One, one on Brent's a... side and one's on, on the other side. Yep. yep. Exactly. So, like, they're, they're still they're going through growing pains. That's what you do. You have really good plays as rookies, and you have really bad plays. And the bad plays are bad. They're, they're point plays. They're yes. going to cost you. Yep. And, and that's what it's done. It's happened this season multiple times. I mean, uh, they, they got the game winner for Puka Naku off of a miscommunication there in the yep, secondary. Yep. So, you're, you're just going to have to live with that. And you, you that's what we've said throughout the offseason with Anthony Richardson. You had to live with that on that side of the ball. You have to live with it on the defensive side of the ball. So, the hope was that the front seven, you know, could be. The, the grounding force, the, the leading force in, in, in the Colts' defensive attack. And you bring out Grover Stewart, and that just makes it a little bit weaker up front, undeniably so, a little bit weaker. And so you're relying on other people who don't have his skill set, and, and it just makes the entire unit's uh, quality go down a rung. So other people need to step up. 
other people need to fill in. Um, you hope to see some of those rookies on the back end get more experience continually, make fewer mistakes as the season goes on. But, but that's uh, that. It's you. You want your stars to be on the field so those guys have more time to to get better in the secondary, wherever it might be. And so, so, so that's where the Colts are at right now, the defensive side of the ball. Can the Colts end their streak in Jacksonville? Matt says a definitive no. We move on. But yes. What is it? Nine. It's a, it's not nine road games. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. nine games. It's, nine it's technical tied, road it's tied games, for the franchise them. record. Yes, with Pittsburgh. Yes. So there's and, was, and people who were here in the mid two thousands who are with that pit. There was it was it was frustrating because the Colts were a good team and they just could not beat Pittsburgh until over, until over Peyton Peyton won there in the, in the mid two thousand to beat them. But it's 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 inexplicable. It's been with like against eight different quarterbacks, I think, with Jacksonville and probably seven or eight Colts. So it it yep. doesn't matter who's Jack, who's coaching at Jacksonville, who's playing at Jacksonville, the scheme the Colts are running, who's in charge of the Colts. <laughs> it, it just is a thing. That's all you can say. No, we've said there, there have been a million factors on the field, but one stupid reporter who's gone to all these dumb games, and that's yours truly. If they let you go again, it's, it's – it's well, inexplicable. Well, we can we can start up a GoFundMe to keep Dave in uh, Central Indiana, and I will gladly accept all proceeds. And uh, and uh, if it reaches a certain level, I will I I, I will You'll listen. call in sick. Exactly, I'll listen to the Colts fans. <laughs> I can't make it, guys. Sorry, I shouldn't be flying on, on a day like today. But uh, as we look forward, the Colts come back home for their next two games immediately in the future. A date with the Cleveland Browns, who uh, just knocked off one of the NFL's unbeaten squads last week in the San Francisco 49ers. To be fair, the 49ers were without two of their top playmakers who got injured during the game, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. But nevertheless... Didn't play second half, I don't think. Exactly. McCaffrey had one carry second half. Right. Still, you have him for the entire first half. So and they True. held them to 13 points and San Francisco had been racking it up. I mean, maybe not 70 point Miami Dolphins level, but but 30 point level week after week after week scoring against people. So and uh, and San Francisco still has other weapons. They have Brandon Ayuk. He's had a tremendous season there for them uh, in San Francisco. So um, they, they they were able to limit them because the Browns have easily one of the best defenses in the NFL and they have one of the best defensive players in the NFL in Miles Garrett. And Garrett, when he looks at the Colts' offense and he looks across the field and he sees Blake Freeland at right tackle, um, I know that Chappie, he'll usually line up on the right side against left tackles, but if they move him around, like you, you got to figure, if you're Jim Schwartz, the Browns' defensive coordinator, that, that's a matchup that, that you would like to put one of the best defenders in the NFL against a rookie making his, I think, his fourth now start. I made a couple at left tackle. Now he'll probably make a second at right tackle, assuming Braden Smith can't go he this did, weekend. He's not practicing today. Exactly. So he's not going to play. Exactly. So so that's what the, the matchup is going to be. Well, that, that's what you do. That That's what you, you, you find weak, weak links or perceived weak links. I thought Freeland played pretty well last week. Not bad. I, I thought yeah. I saw somebody named ranked as the top run blocker run blocking tackle which is crazy because oh, great they didn't run yeah exactly that, so but so it's what it's whatever you want to use for those but but that he's going to go out there and there's going to be a spotlight from the cleveland sideline on blake freeland that, that's what you do it's like there was three years ago the colts last matchup uh against the browns i believe it was his last matchup three years ago when it was in cleveland philip rivers playing quarterback that was the awful game. It was a terrible game. I was there. I remember that game. There's the there you go again. again. Exactly. But but Anthony Costanzo did not play in that game. The Colts played LaRaven Clark at left tackle against Miles Garrett. And uh, I'm sure that automatically has uh, as Pete, uh, 
post-traumatic stress uh, triggers in, in Colts fans to, to hear that. Um, and there were multiple. I, I know Rivers was sacked for a safety. He had a couple of interceptions. He was straight surly after that game, Philip. I remember l- just listening to the press conference, and you could tell watching that game just how badly that offensive line was ravaged by the Cleveland Browns defense and and Miles Garrett specifically. Um, and they're going to try to do that again. And they're going to try to get to Gardner Minshew because the Jacksonville game last week proved that he could be gotten to. Like those those mistakes that were made were with a little bit of pressure. It wasn't even heavy, heavy pressure. It was a little pressure that pushed him back in the pocket. Minshew throwing the ball as he's kind of backing up and just either shorting it or drastically overshooting it. And and the, the, so so the blueprint is there to to beat Gardner Minshew and the Browns have the players to to follow that br- blueprint. It could be in a uh, a rough go uh, if indeed they're allowed to follow it. The Browns on offense are only scoring 19 points per game. They're 20th in the NFL, um, but on defense points allowed, they're fifth in points per game. So they're way up there in the league. They're, they're top. They're top five in everything. Just about everything. Yeah, yeah, their defense under Jim. They've Schwartz given up. Fierce. They've given up 52 first downs. 52 first games. downs. So they're an average of 10 first downs a game. That's really good for those of you out there who are, are unfamiliar. So I, I think the, the the crazy stat for them is on the total number of drives that their defense has, has been out there on the field, half of their drives, the opposing team hasn't gotten a first down or something like that. It's a it's a ludicrous stat that it's not like this this defense is is a dramatic takeaway machine defense chap it's just a good solid defense that does not allow other teams to gain yard it is not a bend but don't break defense that we saw for years with the Colts under Matt Eberflus that was able to generate turnovers at proper times or stiffen up in the red zone and keep the numbers down points wise this is a defense that just simply does not give up too much space which which makes you be patient on offense and and I, I always go back I default to Peyton Manning he said like when they play to Baltimore you know it's going to be an ugly game and there's going to be a lot of bad series, bad plays, but you don't compound it with with the mistake. That's why I say with Minshew, there's going to be five or six times in the game that he's got to make a play. Yeah, third and six, what whatever. But you can't compound things with turnovers. I don't want to call them unforced turnovers, but those first two interceptions were like unforced turnovers. They really were. So it's gonna it's gonna be an ugly game. I think the over we'll get to the over under is like forty. Mm-hmm. Boy, don't don't you pile on the under? You might think so, yeah. But but it, again, they're gonna force you to, to to accept the fact that Cleveland's probably gonna win more plays than you do offensively. But be patient. Try to try to pick your spots and don't make mistakes. We we've seen in the past that that special teams can win these types of games if you get the proper punt uh, field goals like we saw earlier this year. Um, just downing, just keeping winning the field position battle enough to, to scrape out points here and there. I don't think there'll be much going for it on fourth and four from the 35-yard line in this game because points will be at a premium. You will want to get those three on the field and uh, and then just put it out there and see if your defense can stack up. Of course, that goes out the window if you're in the second half. And but, you're but they're going to be but, without... Deshaun Watson. Exactly. That's and, very likely. And Nick Chubb, obviously. Yes. So th- this, like you said, 19 points a game, that doesn't win in the NFL. Not typically. But, uh, you know, Cleveland makes it work. It's just, again, when you're relying on your defense, th- then you can't make mistakes either. But th- this is going to be really a interesting and ugly game. So you bring up the fact that the Browns are without Deshaun Watson. There is a familiar name there for uh, diehard Colts fans from years past who will be starting a quarterback. Philip Walker. 
So it's a half familiar name for, <laughs> with Philip Walker. You might remember P.J. Walker back there we in his go. days. He of, left here and he changed his name. Exactly. On the Colts practice squad. And Andrew Luck would sing his praises all the time, talk about how much he liked him. He was certainly a guy that was liked in the locker room. I asked Shaq Leonard about him today. and He talked about sitting next to him just as rookies together um, in, in, in a meeting and going over things together and, and learning together about life in the NFL. And, uh, and he is, he's carved out a role for himself in the league. You, you can car, carve out a good role as a backup quarterback. And uh, his time here spent uh, during his time in Indianapolis was beneficial, allowed him to go on and get more of a significant backup-style role in other places. He played for a bit for the Panthers last year, I believe. And now he's in Cleveland as, as the number two to Deshaun Watson, which has made him number one now with Deshaun Watson's injuries. I saw something that he's... That- Watson has like a rotator cuff issue. Yep, mm-hmm. a sprained rotator cuff is what I've yeah, what yeah. I've heard. Yeah, and and who knows? And a sprain is a tear. As yes, our, as a our strained friend. a strained rotator cuff. Okay, strain is, is also a tear. Also I think tear. too. Yes, yeah. it's, it's just, just more, degree, isn't it? Exactly. And uh, as our friend Will Carroll at Injury Expert on Twitter says uh, all the time, he's got the shirt. It's printed. Sprain is a tear. Strain is a tear. So, um, so it's that's that's not not a good thing for a he's quarterback. He's not thrown to have. for like three weeks. Exactly. So he's a quarterback. Even if he comes back and practices at the end of this week, uh, what's the likelihood that he plays? It's probably not that much if you're throwing for the first time in three weeks. I think I saw something where he's now earned about ninety million dollars. Well, good for from him. From that contract. Yeah, well, so. Guaranteed money's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it certainly it is. is. Yeah, and he got quite a bit of it, as we all what remember. Was it, two, 230? 230, I believe. $230 million. That is, that's quite the chunk. And then as other quarterbacks have tried to get that in, the, in, the, in recent years, other GMs and front offices have been like, nah. We'll give you the 230. It ain't guaranteed. And it could be guaranteed. That was not some watershed moment in uh, NFL contract history. And some people thought it would be. I, that's a reasonable first question when it happens, of course. Like, is this going to be the thing in the future? But you look around the league, and there have just been stone walls. And what was crazy is, new. because they don't normally do it, is some GNs came out and really criticized the deal. Yep. I know the Baltimore said, you know, that can't be where we're going. Yeah. And and the, these guys are getting 67% of their, their, their contracts guaranteed, but they're not getting Deshaun Watson guarantees. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so uh, let's see here. The uh, Browns offense, uh, let's see, with uh, it is, it's even been more than the Dorian Thompson Robinson has played a little quarterback as well. He started uh, uh, one yeah. game for them. And it, it was not. It was not pretty. It was not good. Well, yeah, it's not like P.J. Walker's been all that no, pretty either. No, no. But, but yeah, exactly. So um, both of them. Running back Jerome Ford has uh, 67 carries, 270 yards, and a touchdown. Um, let's see, Kareem Hunt. And Pierre Strong Jr. also play in their backfield. Uh, you look at the wide receivers, you got players like Amari Cooper, uh, has 22 catches for 367 yards in the touchdown. He is a big play threat. He has six catches of 20 plus yards. So you always got to be careful of him taking the top off your defense. Elijah Moore, they got from the Jets this past offseason, 21 catches, only 167 yards. That is a very small, that's like a Jack Doyle uh, size, or even less than that uh, average yards per catch. 21 Don't catches. Don't be dumping on Jack Doyle. I'm not, no, I would never. I would never dump on Jack Doyle. I'm just pointing out that not that's... what you want to see out of a wide out. Exactly. It's not, it's yeah, more, Jack was a tight end. Yeah, okay. It's more possession tight end on third and six level than it is a wide receiver uh, type level on the outside. Uh, David Njoku, uh, 19 catches for 162 yards, uh, no touchdown himself you also feel uh, see a guy named uh, david bell over there wide receiver for the cleveland Browns. hasn't done much has he no he has not done no. like i've been surprised at just the level or lack thereof of, of production for david bell so i don't know what the deal is with him over there uh but had a heck of a career warren central 
uh, led the Bourne Central basketball team to a championship, led the football team to a championship, I believe, too, during his career there, and then went to Purdue and had a, had a heck of a career with the Boilers, was a first-team All-American, I believe, uh, in, in one of those years here there in, uh, in West Lafayette, but just hasn't translated his, uh, his skill set to the NFL just yet. Uh, it was certainly helped to have a, a more productive quarterback throwing the ball, too, and, and P.J. Walker, Philip Walker, to, to his credit, is like I said, has carved out a backup role, but... He, he doesn't have the same characteristics, the same ability that Deshaun Watson at full speed or at full go has. And Watson really, to be to be fair to the Browns or to be fair to the wide receivers in that situation, he hasn't shown uh, that ability that he showed in Houston for years. He has not been that dynamic running threat or a threat with the arm. Like he, he was both of them very much in Houston. He could attack you downfield. He could evade pressure. Just chuck it up to Will Fuller. Uh, whenever he was healthy and go 60 yards very easily you'd see that multiple times a game it seemed like find uh, DeAndre Hopkins down the field uh, whatever it was uh, he 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 was good at at both really at the running threat and at the deep passing threat really I think kind of a model for what the Colts hope that Anthony Richardson can be eventually one day and maybe even more running for Richardson but just to be a guy who threatens you downfield with a big strong arm that big strong arm has not been there for them at all it is very much a shell of what Sean Watson was so far with Cleveland right and, and with to what what both teams find out is when you can't stretch the field it, it just constricts everything which makes everything harder makes it tougher and when all these numbers we've talked about with with Cleveland it is just critical that this defense finds a way to play a tight game and don't give up. You know, don't let Amari Cooper go off. Right. Don't let Najoku go off. Uh, this guy's had big games before, so you can't let this Browns team get out and do things that right now they've not been capable of doing. So as much as I'm worried about what this offense can do, the defense has got to keep things tight and, and again, compensate for Grover not being there. And don't have those botched assignments on the back end. Right. Don't don't give up more than more than you should. Right. And whatever whatever should is exactly. And what they should give up with, with this with this group. You know, you you look at who they are. Amari Cooper is, is one name that scares you. Correct. After that, names that scare you, names that keep you up at night. I don't know if there are any out. Oh, you want to say Kareem Hunt, but they, but he's not gotten he's that not much done work. Too much. Exactly. Not not this year. Maybe Kareem Hunt five years ago, but. Uh, not as much over the last year and then this year too. I mean, the Colts even had Kareem Hunt in for for a tryout a while right. back, and there was some some new thought that he might sign here, and uh, that obviously went elsewhere when uh, when Nick Chubb went down with injury. That was just the easy fit for him going back to the place where he was before, knowing the offense, knowing the scheme, knowing the players, and uh, and so he signed there. But again, it's been it's been a platoon back there in the backfield for for him uh so far so uh when you look at the browns offense not scary defense is quite a bit scarier uh their leading tacklers safety grant delpit only has 27 to be their leading tackler that's like half of what um zaire franklin has like 70 exactly and 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 the the reason for this is like i said earlier they're not on the field for all that many plays i mean they get the other offense off the field it's a three and out you only have those those three opportunities to get a tackle those are the chances that you get that's it so they 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 have much fewer tackles because they've seen uh, fewer plays for sure Anthony Walker, former Colt, has 20 tackles for them this year uh, as well. So, but but if you look for their their playmakers, uh, Miles Garrett leads the pack. He has five and a half sacks this year. Um, Obo uh, Okoronkwa has two and a half sacks uh, that's, this that's year. That's how I pronounce it in my head too, Dave. There you go. Yeah. What is it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you don't need to know. I said it once. You can rewind the uh, the podcast. Okoronkwa. And, there you go, and 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 find it again. But but they're they're just tough, man. 
and they're just tough to move the ball against. They play good discipline defense. Jim Schwartz has been a defensive coordinator in this league for a long time. He was the D.C. when the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple years ago over the Patriots. I know that, obviously. And then he was the head coach in, in Detroit for a while, which didn't didn't pan out well uh, at, at the time. But but he goes back to being a defensive coordinator and and certainly has proven why he earned that job as a head coach, you know, several years back because of his his affinity for coaching defense. And you, you see that across the league from, from time to time is guys who are really good defensive coordinators or even offensive coordinators, but defensive coordinators specifically get that job. It doesn't quite work out, but then they go back and they're immediately really good defensive coordinators again. Guys like Leslie Frazier is another one that comes to mind who is the Bills defensive coordinator for a long time after uh, not working out as the Vikings offense, Vikings head coach. Like, like sometimes these defensive coordinators are just thrive in that aspect. Vic of their Fangio, role. exactly. Vic Fangio is another one who is uh, who is with um, with the Dolphins now. Uh, Vic Fangio is and uh, and doing doing some good work with, with their team after not working out as a right. head coach. So Schwartz very much in, in that in that. Uh, realm. He likes to bring pressure, man, and he likes the wide nine. He likes to go from the outside, and Miles Garrett will go here, there, and everywhere uh, to get pressure on your quarterback. And, and he's the kind of guy that he only has to win three or four times in a game. That's it. Like it's it's not fair, but no, that's the way it's it not, is. But that, like, that's that that's life in the NFL. Like yep. if if you're a defensive player, we said this for for years with JJ Watt. Like if you win three reps and they're game changing reps, you're you're an All Pro. And you can lose fifty, you can lose sixty, you can lose seventy. If you win three, then then you're then you're the best thing since sliced bread. Over there. I, was, I was watching the Monday night game, and Micah Parsons was okay, but no big plays. And then third down or fourth down, whatever it was, he, he sacks Justin Herbert. Yep, game's over. Boom, and and, and that's it. Um, let's look at the Colts uh, injury report for this week. Uh, no practice for Braden Smith, Tony Brown, Kylan Granson, or Alec Pierce on Wednesday. Pierce was out there with a helmet on and working with trainers over to the side. But uh, so and I get the impression from what we've seen. Brett Bensley mentioned he's out there today. Okay, doing more. Yep. So you know, I think there's a chance for him. Braden Smith's not practicing. Braden Smith's not playing. Yeah, there's a zero. They're very close to a zero percent. The one chance. thing I haven't seen is an update on Kylan Granson. Uh, with concussion, he'd need to be red jersey today, right. which I don't know. Right. Again, we've only had one player play, and that was Mo. But that was a Colts tight end. Yes. Well, true. Yes. But he only played eight plays, which right, which I don't understand. Neither did I. He either play or don't play. Right. That was kind and, of. And funky. If, if you don't think he's ready to go a full go, you don't play him. Right. But uh, so odd, considering how how they did with Ogletree, because it was the same process you know i know he's he was a player. healthy he was healthy he, scratch. He, pa- he passed through and then he was a healthy scratch yeah very strange um so so we'll uh, keep our eye on those and the colts could use tony brown uh back in the lineup some veteran presence there in the uh, in the secondary too uh the browns had nine players who did not practice on wednesday's injury report three players were for rest one was a personal matter though so that's that, that and, and it was their kicker exactly if I remember yeah and that brings the number down quite a bit but amari cooper was a rest slash ankle miles garrett rested uh, Kareem Hunt with a thigh injury, Anthony Walker with a concussion. So we'll see if Anthony Walker uh, gets back in, in the lineup too as he's trying to work his way back. And Deshaun Watson did not practice with his, as we said, a right, a right shoulder injury. So uh, that's uh, that's where the Browns standed on, stood on Wednesday. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week, including injury updates throughout the rest of the week as we get set for the Browns and Colts game this weekend. Matt, you have something over there? Oh, per, per rap sheet, Ian Rappaport says uh, Deshaun Watson 
is practicing today for the first time. Oh, there according we go. to their offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt. Okay, Alex Van Pelt. Yeah, yeah. So, so first practice. It's it's not a foregone conclusion that it'll be Philip Walker, but it's. Just, Would you rather face a Deshaun Watson who's practiced twice in a month? You know, we always say that the Colts saw the worst of Marcus Mariota. They seem to have seen some really good play by Deshaun Watson. And even in times when the Colts beat them, he would throw for 350 yards and then Shaquille Leonard punched the ball Somebody out, you know, the two-yard line. line. Exactly. You know, they'd be they'd be tremendous plays. So, like, Deshaun, he still scares the bejesus out of out of me. Like, he, I, I, I just am wondering when it's going to click for him because I, I think it will at some point. You feel like the big play is exactly. always there. Yes, a but with, with Philip Walker, I don't know. I, I don't feel that same, that same, True. the same nerves. So, so that's why I would lean toward, if I was the Colts defensive coordinator, I would rather see uh, Philip Walker over there than Deshaun Watson. But, but at the same time, Watson hasn't done anything this year to. He's had like one game exactly. He did to, something to, to terrify me. So, so maybe I could be convinced the other way. But that's how I would. That's how I would lean uh, in the moment. But uh, yeah, it's a one o'clock kickoff. It's airing in the Central Indiana area on CBS Four. Colts and Browns. Um, the Colt. The the Colts are two point underdogs from what I saw, and it was just about a forty point line right there. It's a, one of the lower ones in the NFL. Like when you see thirties, those are really low. Um, but uh, so they're predicting something along the lines of a 21-19 ball game uh, for for the Browns uh, in this one. But uh, chap, why don't you go first again? We'll give you two weeks in a row to give your your prediction for this Colts game first uh, as they uh, return home, uh, taking on the Browns. Uh, Browns have a lot of momentum. Colts really stalled out last week. How do you see this one going down? I'm still my, my glass is still half full. I'm because they've got a chance these next two games at home to give themselves direction. They really do. I didn't expect them to win in Jacksonville. I, I didn't expect them to play that poorly. I've got 19-16, and I, so the under's gold. Who do you have winning, 19-16? Oh, I'm sorry, the, the, the good guys. Okay, there you go, yeah. Because I, I always figured, and I did it too, okay, a touchdown and four field goals. Is that right, Net? That's, that's 19. That's, that's 19. I went, I went to Ball State, that but I can add. Woo. Uh, I just hope they're not all 50-yard field goals because – Let's not put it all on, on on the kicker, but it's gonna be it's gonna be some ugly football. But just don't don't lose it. Make make Cleveland beat you. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? Boy, it, it's tough. My predictions, I, I don't put a lot of stock in them anyway. But you know, I, I pretty much missed uh, most. Did, didn't most you of the did season. you pick Jacksonville? No, I did not. Okay, last okay, week. yeah, because I, I was just trying to like give some positive energy and that that did not work uh at all so next year i'll know i'll know better i bring the negative energy every year in jacksonville so <laughs> as long as dave is going next year then then i'll know yep. uh, to pick the other way um so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and pick against the colts this week um i think like mike said it's going to be an ugly game i don't think even if it matters who plays for for cleveland necessarily um but 16 13 i just think it's going to be a low scoring this uh, is going to be denver ugly. 12 to 9 mm-hmm. I, i'm afraid of that yeah yep yeah and, and maybe the colts do make you know make one more play than than the browns do because that's probably what this comes down to yeah after after seeing what i saw last week in in jacksonville which maybe shouldn't uh you should d- be used to my that. thoughts exactly in the future but but every time um i I don't know if the Colts are going to find the end zone against this Browns defense. If they do, power to them. But I wouldn't be surprised if they can't do it just because they've been struggling. 
And uh, if you don't have Kylan Granson, I think that's a big thing, piece of your offense that you don't have. Like, you, you want to, like, Shane Steichen is able to use Kylan Granson in a lot of different scenarios. Um, he's the one tight end that's unique in that group. He's the smaller guy that can um, do a little bit more in the middle of the field and uh, do more option routes and, and work through um, just a different, like I said, different different abilities than than the Drew Ogletrees and the Mo Alley Coxes than the Will Mallorys. Will Mallory a little bit, maybe close to him, but uh, still bigger tight ends that just play slightly different roles in that offense. So, um, so I think that's going to be a, a bigger loss than you might imagine uh, leading into the week for the Colts offense when 27 other storylines are, are getting our attention like a Grover Stewart, like an Anthony Richardson. So all that to say, I think I'm picking the Browns 17-9 to in this game. I don't think it's going to be a very pretty game. If it, if it is, if there's more points, then fantastic. We get something fun to cheer for at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm all for it. But, but boy, I could definitely see it going the other way and the Colts uh, struggling to put up points against what has been ar- arguably one of the best defenses in the NFL. Certainly one of the best defenses in the NFL, I'll say. But um, this has all the potential to be just an, an ugly game where defense reigns. And I think it might still be interesting in the fourth quarter. You know, if it's a 17-9 to game, it should be because it's only a eight-point game. It's a one-score game. Um, so I think it'll be, it'll be somewhat tense out there, and, and it'll be fun uh, for a while to, to try to – to, to see what happens, but I, I just don't think that the first three quarters are going to net all that much uh, enjoyment for, for either side. Really, You can see one. it come down to the Colts are down by four, yeah, and they get the ball back with four minutes to go at their own 20. Yeah. And you think, well, maybe. Possibly. And, and then maybe Cleveland slams the door. Exactly. So it, it just when, – when Gardner Minshew is out there, I just think it, it really does limit this offense and what it's supposed to do. And uh, it's unfortunate. It really is that Anthony Richardson is done for the year. I mean, it's it just just a, a, a gut punch for the people who had uh, some some hope for uh, more exciting things down the road this season. I think I think this, these last 11 games, it's going to be – the focus is going to be not on Minshew but on Shane Steichen's game planning to, to maximize what – Minshew does and, mm-hmm. and keep him out of those bad spots. So to me, it's going to be more about how they game plan than players lifting above because I don't know – without the quarterback, I don't know how high the quarterback can lift them. Right. I, I agree. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. Like, it, it'll be a – it'll be somewhat of a – what's the word? A, a test for the Colts playmakers too because – like, who, who here do you want to build around in the future? Because you obviously want to build around Anthony Richardson, and you're going to build around Jonathan Taylor. Look at the wide receivers. Like, it does what what is Michael Pittman's role going to be on this team in the future? Because that's going to have to be a, a made that decision this offseason. How do you judge? Exactly, that's the How do you judge? How do you judge what we Michael Pittman can Michael do? We downplayed Michael Pittman because he's, a, he's, you know, 9.3 a game last year, whatever it was. How, his quarterbacks. I mean, give him give him a quarterback for a, yeah a month. Just one month. That's all we ask. Say, so how many different quarterbacks has he had a 100 yard receiving game from? Four. That's what it, he's yeah. had 600 yard games and four different quarterbacks. Yeah. Yep. So which so so as, as much as we want more from him, he's as frustrated as anybody, and they've mm-hmm. got to decide. Yep. You know, with getting Taylor, we're getting off. We're getting a little late here, but no, it's fine. But with with. You've got Taylor done, so you do have the franchise tag, which is probably going to be twenty-five million for a wide receiver. Yeah, and if you slap him with the franchise tag, we might see him. We we won't see him until training camp. Right. But are you going to pay him 
five years, a hundred and what's five times? 125 million with, I don't know, 50, 60 million guaranteed. Because I think somebody might. Somebody will. Mm -hmm. And and that's one of the reasons that, and we've talked about it, that Michael Pittman took the exact opposite path that Taylor did. Mm -hmm. Because he knows that if he stays healthy, he's getting paid receiver money, which is darn near double. Twice a running back. Yeah. They receive money as five years ago as quarterback money. Right. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, okay, say that you're you're not going to invest twenty five million to Michael Pittman one way or the other, then you're going to pay that much to replace him. Yep. You Unless Jamerce tells him to give up all their draft picks to move up to get Mar- Marvin Jr., mm-hmm. which he might. That's quite possible. So, but that that's the quandary. And, and as much as we want, you know, I I, I kind of compare Pittman to Miles Turner. You want. You want more, mm-hmm. but this is who he is. Yep. I don't think that this isn't who Pittman is. This is who they've made him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's very interesting, and I think one way or the other, Michael Pittman's here next year for twenty-five mil. It depends on whether it's one-year franchise or multi-year. Yeah, I, I think the comparison to Miles Turner, Pacer Center, is a, is a really good one because, like, they even moved him around in his role with Domas Sabonis when he was here. They moved Miles more into the four, where the the five is really his, his primary position. So he's playing in a manner that does not properly uh, show off his skill set. And when Pittman is trying to work out with these quarterbacks, whoever it might be, with uh, a, an elderly Matt Ryan or a, uh, a Gardner Minshew that doesn't have the same uh, downfield capabilities as Anthony Richardson, it's, it's, it's not putting him in the best position to show his ability. So, um, and, and can Alec Pierce do anything? Can, can, can he make a play? He made a great catch. It was for like six yards. It, it was a it tremendous was a catch. To be catch, fair, though. it was an awesome catch. Yeah. I love to watch that catch over and over again if he could do it. But, but he, he, needs, to, he needs to do more to, to prove that he has a future with this team. This is only his second year. He has some more time, to, to be fair to Alec. But you, you want to see some steps he takes forward. And what has he shown so far? Downfield ability? Well, you have Gardner Minshew as your quarterback now. You're not going to do that all that often. You're going to see... Josh Downs. You're going to see more Josh Downs. He's got it's, – it's, it's crazy. With all the great receivers in his franchise, he has the most catches in the first six games by any receiver. How about that? The only guy, the only guy with more catches than him in his first six games is Naheem Hines. Yeah. Running back. He's got 28 catches. The other guys didn't have that. So it's but, – but he's not you – know, he, he'll be part of it. You, you need that threat downfield and they're just not going to have that with Gardner Minshew they're not Colts Browns this weekend one o'clock broadcast in central Indiana on CBS 4 join us also on CBS 4 for the Colts Blue Zone pregame show leading you into the NFL today and then eventually to that game so we look forward to what happens this weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium and the uh, next couple games being here at home should be nice and uh, we'll see what the Colts can can muster up against one of the best defenses in the NFL for Mike Chappell and Matt Adams I'm Dave Griffith thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast